0: Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth Muse, and with me, as always, Hope Fellowship lead, care, and support Pastor Brock Yonke, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. For welcome back. Kind welcome. Again.
1: Thank you
0: for having us. <laughs> <laughs> well, last time we were, uh, continu- we were we were in a conversation about criticism and contempt, and we were going through this test that we had taken uh, about the four horsemen of the of, of the relationship, I guess, to uh, that could really kill relationships. And so we were going through some practical uh, steps, like drawing a circle around yourself, using eye language, and ways that we can make more of a culture of positivity in in, in our relationships, our marriage. Correct. Um, so we were going practical, but one of the things we hadn't really touched on yet is what is the spiritual side of this? What's the heart condition of the uh, of each person need to be like. How do we gauge that? What are some ways that we can improve that, or start becoming aware of it? And uh, so, this this episode, I wanted to spend some time just really digging into the spiritual side of um, of our marriage and and how we communicate in can improve our communication in that way.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of kind of being in a spot to be able to do. We're asking you to do the impossible. You know, we're asking you to if someone you know to maybe watch your language that you've done for your entire life and then all, all of a sudden turn into this culture of appreciation and so it has to be something that's kind of internally different and if we're just putting some hey new external things that's not going to last very long so we're, we're really looking at you know changing the inside of who you are. Like Jesus said this idea that you know, like the people kind of clean out everything but they don't put anything back in and so we're saying hey that's clean out get rid of some of this negative talk that we're having. What, what should we put back in? What can we do to make sure that, that the positive talk flows out of that? Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things we want to talk about it is checking your heart. And so we'll start off with a little bit of a... Uh, we'll go from the therapist side first, then we'll move to theology. So psychology to theology. It'll be a nice, smooth transition. It'll be wonderful. But yeah. we'll start with Tara kind of talking about a little bit about kind of Check your heart. Checking your heart. Like what would that be from from like... (laughs) How do you get a checkup? Yes. How would you do that from a psychological perspective?
0: You need a good cardiologist. Uh,
1: True. First, yes, get a cardiologist referral.
2: Sorry, I got my dad joke out of the Um, way. Go ahead.
1: So (laughs) we... I mean, there's different ways to do this, but I think some of the same ways, and I think that inviting God into this, these very specific things we're about to talk about is vital, because it is... I think it's impossible to do it on our own. I don't think we're meant to do it on our own. And so, but some of the the daily things that we can do in these areas are to, it might sound crazy, but um, identifying if we have any stress, where it's coming from, what is like um, increasing it or what helps it, but identifying it, managing it, and then ultimately reducing it. Because anytime you are in a place of stress, whether that's financially, emotionally, um, relationally, then a lot of times that's going to lead to distorted or skewed narratives and thoughts in our head, and it just snowballs from there. So identify and reducing stress is vital to then coming in and allowing other things to kind of, um, like Brock said, if we can reduce that stress, it creates more room for other good things to come in. Um,
2: so what would be some ways that you practically would tell a client how, here's some way I want you to go out and do these things to reduce stress. What would you tell them of some, or stress reducing activities?
1: Well, first acknowledging that you have it, um, paying attention, listening to your body, being mindful, um, but practical ways, um, like meditation, um, practicing mindfulness exercises, you know, having conversations with people that you, trust and respect and asking them hard questions and really listening to what they have to say um working out going for a run doing things that like help you decompress and soothe but um just getting away from like your nat your normal environments that are probably things that are causing you stress taking a break from those changing environment i think is very helpful but yeah i mean mindfulness meditation working out and spending time in nature, you know, or doing things that are like.
2: And it doesn't necessarily have to be a really long period of time. No. Just, it's almost like even five the, brain's minutes just a kinda, day. the brain's just kind of going, you have to find a couple places out there just to shut that sucker off yeah. for a little bit. And intentionality and kinda, yeah. is,
1: I think, super important when it comes to this, because if you don't carve out that time, it's not going to happen.
2: And, and I think ultimately realizing what helps me to do that, because before that felt like a waste of time, what helps me to do that is realizing if I don't do this, I treat my wife, I treat my children, I treat my coworkers like this. And if I do this, then it helps reduce that mm-hmm. stress and so I can actually treat them better. So we're we're doing that, it sounds a little selfish, but we're doing that so we can actually be more giving and kind to other people right. around us.
1: Yeah, I mean, I tell clients all the time, like they'll say like, you know, I don't have time for this. And like, you look at their schedule and you're like, mm, you really don't. But I mean, ultimately we don't have time not to do this mm-hmm. because it will, like I said, I mean, life can just start happening to you You know, and you just wake up and go through the motions. And I think to slow down, to be mindful, and to lean into stuff is the only way to really like stay in the moment and squeeze stuff out of each experience that we have.
0: Yeah. Great. Uh,
1: Another thing would be to like challenge your thoughts. So, are they negative? Are they irrational? Are they helpful, true, you know, kind, that kind of thing. Because a lot of times if we're stressed out, we're angry, we feel like, like, let's say we're not getting along with our spouse well, then that's going to change the narrative that is running through our head all day. And so looking at our thoughts and um, beliefs and like making sure that that's really what they said or that's like can you, can you back it up with fact and proof? If you can't, then most likely it's probably not helping you throughout the day
0: yeah that's of the spirit yeah yeah Yeah. totally and
2: and I think it's helpful too Uh, I think one of the things we can really get trapped and we can be in a world where we might think differently than those around us sometimes and we start to think okay I might be crazy here and I start and I can start kind of devaluing myself a lot and I think it's so important for us we have a, a safe place to talk we have and I think we all need to vent Oftentimes people vent, but they just vent in all the wrong places. And so having that, having that spot where you can just have someone that you can share with, and they don't necessarily aren't challenging you, they're not in your face or whatever, but maybe helping you think about okay, that is all true, but now what's the best way that you can handle that? And kind of letting you, hey, you're not crazy. You know, let's maybe pray about this. Let's talk about this a little bit more. And so having some place where you can get some outside perspective, I think, is really. Really helpful, yeah, just having that person I mean, to talk to. Because
0: honestly, part of the the self evaluation process that's so difficult is that you often don't see things in yourself that somebody else can see pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, and you need that perspective to help you go. Okay, so here's really what I'm go- what I'm doing. Like I don't realize I'm doing that. Right. I, it just I'm just on de- in default mode, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and that's obviously right because it's default. So what's the problem? And that's and, a,
2: it, and that's a teaser for the next episode because we're going to talk about that a little bit. Isn't that exciting? That's How's about, that for hey. a internal teaser?
0: Cool. I don't even know what the next episode. I don't even know what's going on. Right. <laughs> like I don't even know what the next episode is. It's awesome. So <laughs> ordained by the Lord.
2: Yes, something to, like that. To, <laughs> yeah. to segue Not that. Quite. Even a blind squirrel.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> Um, so, but I think like you said this without saying this, but I think it's important to follow up on is that, you know, that self-awareness and like perspective for ourselves, like, I think it's honestly harder to be honest with ourselves than it is with other people, Yeah. you know, and because we get stuck in our own, well, we we're stuck in our bodies and our heads all day long and, um, you know, we, it must be true if this is our perception you know but we're not taking into account other people's um their perspectives or you know how did that impact them um, because we're looking through our own lens and so i think to, to be honest with yourself and to really challenge that is it's very difficult and it can be very humbling but i think it's so necessary and it's a really freeing thing once you start to do that
0: the human brain is a is a um it's a, it's a streamlining, problem-solving device, right? It is, it is constantly in the process of trying to uh, work out whatever the issue is that you have. And if the issue you start to realize is that people around you are not reacting the way you want it to react, well, the brain is a self-preservation device as well. And so it's going to try to work out why it's not you. And, and if you're left to your own devices, you're, you're, you're going to convince yourself and deceive yourself, mm-hmm. like you're saying, that the problem isn't me it's you and unless you kind of have some other perspectives in your life uh, it's then easy to get stuck in that it, it's yeah. easy to get stuck in that own your own narrative in your own head that where you're the hero and everybody else is the villain and that definitely causes a lot of issues not only just communication but just can't keep a job can't keep relationships together you know it's like it just causes issues when you're the only one that's allowed to be the good guy in and, the story and Seth,
2: today you are the king of the Segway. Because Tara has this little thing that she does about the brain. What's it called? The hippocampus? Or the hippos
0: campus?
2: (laughs) The hippocampus. The hippo. I thought it was the hippos campus. The
0: school for hippos? Yes. Yes. Would you mind
2: explaining that on that nice segue into the hippos (laughs) campus? What degrees are offered
0: at the (laughs) hippos campus? (laughs) None. Just a lot of big. Oh, degrees. Um, I'm really going for those dad jokes today. I'm, I'm yeah, going.
1: please stop. It's making me <laughs> uncomfortable. Oh. Um, this is a hostile work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just in a nutshell, um, basically, our brains are so complex and amazing, but in so many ways, it is not sophisticated. And so um, the way God designed us is very... Um, it's really cool when you learn about it and I'm not going to get into all that right now, but it's, it's, it's really neat to see, but there are parts of the brain that literally are just like the whole fight, flight, or freeze, Mm -hmm. um, mechanism. And so it's only job is to keep you safe and out of danger, um, and to like alert you to threats. And so just recognizing that you're, your spouse is not a true threat in the sense of how our brains work it is really important but when you look at when you're talking to people and you watch them interact with each other and you see that um their reaction is almost as if they are truly under attack or they're in a life or death situation like a survival situation. reaction yes yeah. so things have gotten haywired and rewired in a way that like they are honestly reacting to their spouse in a, in conflict like they would if they were being chased by an animal they were scared of you know like very basic instinct stuff and so that i god never intended for us to use that part of our brain for that part of our brain to be triggered during those experiences with our spouse and so unless you're in a truly life or death situation with your spouse and you're having to like Protect yourself and stay alive, that part of your brain should never get activated, but it gets activated very often because of conflict and
2: criticism, contempt. Cr-
1: absolutely. Yeah. 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 So just re- realizing, like, even if you're not getting along with your spouse, they are not truly a threat. And having, whether that's positive self talk or, you know, a lot of times Brock and I've talked about this, but even like having couples do things where they, where it makes them more vulnerable in those moments, whether like if one person's wanting to leave the situation and one person's wanting to stay, like, you know, and everybody's different. And you have to agree on this, you know, and try things out and mess up and stuff, but maybe just changing even like your body language. Like if you're the one wanting to leave, maybe you need to sit down and show your spouse like, Hey, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm here, I'm staying. And that alone is going to like help shift the things going on in your head to be like, okay, I'm supposed to be running away, but I'm not, I'm staying. Yeah. And then how can I come down and decompress so then I can have a, a rational conversation? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's, it seems interesting. It's interesting to me that it seems like the head and the heart are kind of this, this symbiotic kind of regulating system mm-hmm. where your head is going to start saying something, but your heart has to go, hold on. This is, this, much like the Word and the Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. You've got God's Word to help clarify what the Spirit is saying to you. And you have the Spirit to bring the Word alive to you. And and so in the same way, you've got the head and the heart kind of working in tandem to say, here's your brain trying to figure out the fight or flight, or is this a danger, or how, how am I supposed to think about this? And it creates these narratives where it's the heart's the anchor for going like, what's this rooted in? Is this true? Is this, you know, does this feel right? Is this something God wants from me? And so as we talked through a lot about the head, part of what's going on. I think, let's talk about the heart. Like, What is what is the spiritual side of what's going on here? And
2: that- I would just like to add, King of the Segway, take three for Seth. He's <laughs> on fire with the Segway. But I think what we're really after here too is, again, what we're asking you to do is very difficult, and unless there's some deep down internal change. Uh, there was a some stuff I read years ago by St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila. And so they would talk about they were mystics in the sense that they believed that just all the head knowledge was was good, but it wasn't really the thing that was going to ultimately bring change. There had to be this mixture of the heart as well. Mm-hmm. And so they talked about how all of our hearts are like a garden, and inside of our hearts there's this, or this tree, this branch that's growing. There's a mixture of good and evil growing together. It's almost like it's intertwined. And so it's really difficult for us by our own intellectual powers to cause the good to grow and cause the evil to kind of be knocked back a little bit. And the only way that we can really take care of that evil and good growing together is by going to the true gardener, which is God, and and allowing him to come into our lives and come into our hearts and trim away the evil and allow the good to grow even more. And so I think it's so important as we look at all these things, that one of the things we're after is we really want your marriage to be great. And that's, that's kind of why we have this whole podcast and why we do what we do, because we want your marriage to be great. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with we really want your relationship with God to be great, because it's difficult if that's not in a good spot for you to have great relationships with other people, yeah. because you're kind of lost in your own selfishness. And God is called the great healer, the great physician. And so one of the best things I think we can do for our marriages and do for ourselves is go on this inward journey of allowing God to transform our hearts. And so I think as we talk about being in a better marriage, one of the best things, best piece of advice we can give is to go on an inward spiritual journey and so that our hearts are in a good spot so that we can actually do the things that God has called us to do, which is to forgive and to be quiet and to, to love someone else. And so I think as we talk about practical things, that might be one of the most practical things you can do for your marriage is to set aside some time to pray, uh, to, to listen to uh, some worship music. To uh, read a chapter of scripture a day. My mom used to tell me all the time when I was a kid, and I think this is probably biblically accurate. She would say, A chapter a day keeps the devil away. Did you think that's probably biblically accurate? That sounds familiar. It sounds familiar from the book of. I'm sure it would fit on a t shirt or something. Mom made up stuff. But that's kind (laughs) of what, you know, it's like just that kind of, I still have that same pattern where if I kind of read a chapter of scripture a day and my mom, you know, puts push that in my brain one day, but it's like it gives me peace and gives me calm and reminds me again of like, oh, I should be forgiving. I should be kind. And there's also something mystical like St. John and St. Teresa were telling us that as we spend time with God, there's something unexplainable that happens here that we believe.
1: Well, you're staying in connection and in alignment. Yeah, exactly. And so it's a lot harder to get, you know, to get away from that. If there's a constant connection.
2: Correct, yeah. And, and then God's doing something in your heart like, that's just changing you. And we can't put down a rational explanation to that, but we really believe as you spend time with God, He begins to change. And we're not saying, hey, you know, all of a sudden change your lifestyle and we need to be spending two or three hours of prayer a day, but just start with some, uh, what about Bob, some baby steps, the movie, you know, <laughs> just, and, and maybe read a verse. Uh, baby maybe, steps, read a chapter. Yeah, read a chapter, read. Uh, I love, you know, I even in my car sometimes, I'll just play a chapter on the phone and it'll read it to me it sometimes it gets a little dramatic and you hear the wind and all that kind of it gets a little weird but anyway it's just <laughs> nice to have those moments and have to have those pause moments throughout our day so our heart is actually changed, so we can get rid of criticism. Yeah. So we can be thankful. So we can get rid of contempt, and all of a sudden, we're people that are thankful, people that are gracious, instead of people that are just kind of nastily looking at other people yeah. all the well, time.
1: Well, we're also just more lovely to be around at that point too. Yeah.
0: You
2: know? Yeah.
0: When you think about when you're hanging out with your friends, if you the more you hang out with people, you kind of you kind of trade uh, personality quirks or uh, things that. Things that like Brock and I start hanging out a lot. You know, there's, you know, Brock's a pretty sarcastic guy. Well, I, I noticed myself becoming hmm. uh, more sarcastic. Because he's sarcastic, and we kind of appreciate that together.
2: I would have chosen the word kind, loving, considerate. That's all right. Sarcastic <laughs> is fine. So.
0: He has a a, uh, a dry wit. Let's say he has a dry wit, and I appreciate his dry wit. And so, as That's I more positive. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. five to one. Five to one, Zach. Five to one, uh, and also he's he's great. He's he's a nice guy. Um, treats everyone with respect. But uh, okay, let's it, calm down. Yeah, like I feel, I feel Whoa. like that those traits kind of rub off on people when you're around each other a lot. And you know, in the same way, when you're spending time with God, you get to know God a little bit more. You you learn more about Him. It teaches you about you, and and then you just kind of take on some of those qualities that that He wants for you to be like Him. Yeah, it's and, a
1: symbiotic transference, y'all. Oh wow,
0: therapist <laughs> speak. Science drop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, I love we the talked word. about having a little hey. bit of
2: science on the podcast, and I think Tara's taking it to a oh, new gosh. level with a little. I've
1: been
0: toning drops.
2: it down. Oh, have you? Oh, yes. For, for uh, the dummies here, <laughs> we're kind of at a whole new intellectual plane. That we're for, like, wow. for us though,
0: it's more like in the cartoons when uh, they'd freeze the mm-hmm. coyote, and it would give the the Latin name underneath. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it is for us. Is
2: so, so. alert?
0: Anyone get that reference? No, he's nope. old enough for that. Okay, good. Oh. <laughs> Well, talk, talk to us a little bit more, Brock, about some of the the heart issues and some of the some of the theological thinking behind um, checking your heart when it comes to yeah. Your, I think your relationships.
2: Also, I think that's just really kind of what we're you know we're after having a, a oneness with our marriage and we're having a oneness with Christ and so those are just kind of some patterns that we're after and so just again being very practical if it just means a few moments a day spending time with God. When I was in college, I heard this guy speak once, and he said, if you're not spending an hour with God every day, then you're not spending any time with God. So I'd get up early every morning, and I'd kneel beside my bed and pray and wake up a few hours later missing class uh, (laughs) because I fell asleep praying. And so there's this guilty feeling, but it's like, you know, it can take just a moment for God to transform our hearts. And so we're not gonna put a quantity or anything like that, just like as long as that's part of our routine, like maybe it's the things that Tara talked about, like going on a walk, doing a little exercise, kind of being mindful and being present about what's going on, just spending a little time with God. If we mm-hmm. could all do that a little bit more, it's gonna, again, help us be the kind of people that we ultimately wanna be. And it doesn't happen overnight, Yeah, I prayed the other day and I'm still treating my wife like garbage. No, it's just this is a long term play that we're talking here and just kind of having that moment where our hearts can be softened and be reminded about what is true and what is right. As opposed to the selfishness that is typically warring against our souls.
0: And I'll I'll probably butcher this, but I think it was Martin Luther was quoted as saying, um, like, I have so much to do today. I'll need to pray at least three or four hours, something like that. He had some quote like that where he would get up and he had he was so busy he got it that oh. he had to pray for so much longer like three or four hours to just to be ready to do that and uh, of course Martin Luther was a monk and you know <laughs> he had time to he had do some that. time on his hands <laughs> but things he had to do today were like you know not kill butterflies and you know tend a garden so uh, write a thesis but, but I, I think know.
1: that's that kind of goes with the theory of like you know it's the more I learn the more I realize there is to learn you know mm-hmm. and so yeah as i center myself and i find grounding in whatever it is that i'm needing like a lot of times that does take on the appearance or you know the actual behaviors of more quiet time and more um contemplation meditation and stuff more prayer because those are the things that matter when you're really looking at it and those are the things that are going to give us that transformation that we're looking for, saying that we want, rather than you know, killing myself at work all day and coming home and feeling so exhausted and empty that I don't have anything left to give. And so on days where I can't, or not even just days, but seasons where I can't do that mindful contemplative peace, I'm drained all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I mean, how amazing would it be if we could have three or four hours to just, yeah center
0: ourselves and, and, and it's, wow as much as the world would like us to not believe this marriage is a spiritual activity heck yeah and you cannot pour from an empty glass you have to fill up every day be ready for it and it is a spiritual um god honoring god-ordained thing to uh to care about your spouse and try to make that relationship work because it is a picture of how christ loves the church and it is, it's sacred because of that. You know, we look at how Jesus is supposed to take on the world as his, quote, bride, and, uh, and how salvation is supposed to work and how heaven works. And, and that's the picture is marriage. Marriage is the picture of that. And it's a big deal. You know, there is a, a, a real need for us to make sure that that is something we work on and care about and constantly are trying to improve because it's not only just, a, you know, a symbol of that, but it's a symbol to those who don't believe.
2: Do you feel like there should be like an organ and a choir Ooh. behind a little bit behind <laughs> us, a little bit? this feels very, very spiritual. I'll put it in later. Whoopi Goldberg, in That's Not the, not, not the <laughs> yeah. thought where I was going.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in. I'll put it in. <laughs> okay, later. all right. Super. Little Lorne Hill. Um,
1: yeah, no, I think I think marriage is like it's the ultimate metaphor for that, mm-hmm. you know. And I think I think God has always known that, and we're just starting to like get in on that. And I think. Um, if we keep the main thing, the main thing, we're in good shape, but it, it's, it's got to be a constant, um, intentional thing that we keep before us. Yeah.
0: And and spending that time with God is a spiritual fuel for a spiritual act. It's like you can't just throw water in your car and make it go, you know, you, you've got to put the right things in. And um, I think that's definitely the right thing for a marriage to work is to make God the center of it. and. Um, I think, that's, I think that's huge. So I, I really appreciate this conversation and this part of it because it's easy to get into all the practical how-tos and here's yep. all the stuff. But at the end of the day, take a take a minute and go, you know what it's really about?
2: It's about my heart being changed by God. Exactly. Yep.
0: Exactly. It's about that. So any other parting thoughts about uh, this this conversation from you
2: guys? I don't have any parting thoughts about this, but I'm looking forward to the next episode because we're, we're shaking it up just a little bit. Tara is going to do the intro. For the next episode. What? This is so exciting. Yes. And she just found out. No, we talked about this earlier. No. Yes.
1: we Uh-uh. That was a joke.
2: Tune in for Tara Wiedemeyer doing the intro to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. But will probably she, not
1: going to happen.
0: Will she or won't
2: she? I,
1: I'm going to use my, my showbiz voice.
2: Okay. And we're looking forward to that.
0: Well, thank you guys for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. We're going to wrap up. Please subscribe and give us a rating and review in the iTunes store, wherever you get your podcast. Next time on the show, you heard, we'll hear from Tara, or maybe we won't. But we'll continue our conversation on defensiveness and stonewalling in the Someone's Fort about Horseman. to get stonewalled. <laughs> <laughs> in the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So uh, be, uh, hopefully you'll be with us there, and uh, we're excited to do that. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.